Yud Zayin Mar Cheshvan Tav Shin Ayin Chet. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We figured we'll fit in a little bit with the uh, ending of the Reb Shlomo weekend. Opening up with Chemdat Yamim of Kobe O's. Welcome one and all to uh, this live edition of the Israel Show. Coming to you as we do each and every 
Monday immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern, 4 PM Israel time. Yes, we're back to that. And around the world, wherever you are, if you're listening live, whatever time it is, that's what time we're on. But, sorry about that, but you can listen whenever you want to listen. On demand via Nachum Siegel Network website, NachumSiegel.com, or the app, which is available for free, absolutely free, on the uh, Apple App Store and on the Android App Store, whatever they call their App Store. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, making us a part of your week. We have an amazing show to talk to you about. We have an amazing show. We have amazing topics to talk to you about on an amazing show. How's that? That's the way we're going to say it. Um, we have um, information about the um, tunnel, the terror tunnel bombing that took place in Israel. Uh, was about last week or two weeks ago. And uh, the repercussions of the fact that Israel unwittingly ended up with five bodies of some heavy-duty Hamas terrorists. We'll talk about... We'll talk about the... uh, What I think is a a most... uh, Troubling clip from the Israeli reality show Master Chef. We'll play it for you. Let you judge, and then I'll tell you what I think. Well, we won't let you judge too much, because I'm going to tell you what I think pretty quick. And um, and if there's more time, we'll tell you about other things like judo and Abu Dhabi and other stuff like that. Great show, as always, and lots of wonderful music. So um, we'll continue with the Mashup Hatunot. It's a uh, medley of all the current wedding, fast wedding music done in uh, less than two and a half minutes by Lahakat Inyan Acher. Uh, they are a wedding band in Israel, and they do a very cute job of this. It's a video, uh, audio from a video, which we'll post later on on our Facebook page. We've been a little lax the last two weeks, but we have to get back to it, so we'll paste, post on our Facebook page uh, links to the songs that we play during the show and a link to the Master Chef video, which uh, you might want to see after we discuss it. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You, and you, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
That's cute, is it not? Very cute. Mashup Hatunot is the name of that one. Um, Mashup Hatunot by Lahakat in Yanacher. Okay, so um, about 10 days ago, I guess, Israel somehow collapsed a terror tunnel, meaning this was a tunnel that we've we've seen videos of this now for the last few years, tunnels that Hamas digs from Aza into Israel's territory underneath the passing underneath the border, crossing the border underneath the ground, unbeknownst to the people above. And then the plan is that on at, at, at a specific time that the Hamas will determine is appropriate, they will break out up into Israel, have tons of soldiers that are coming out of that tunnel, take over maybe a, uh, a yeshuv, uh, a town, and create terror and, and, and terrible damage in Israel. That's, the, that's their scenario. That's the Hamas scenario. Now, we, we've discovered this. People, most people think we discovered this uh, as a result of the uh, kidnapping of the three young men back in June, two and a half years ago. But in fact, Israel knew about this before. We we reported on it a few months before that when they discovered the first one of these. These are not just a tunnel. I mean, if you've seen the movie The Great Escape and it looks like a tunnel where you got to crouch low and go on. No, no, this is huge, huge. These are massive, massive buildings. You can walk straight up, standing straight up with no problem of room co- of, of cover for your head. I mean, you have no problem. There's electricity. There's air conditioning. There's uh, there's communications services. Uh, I'm sure there's internet, wireless, whatever. It's huge. Think about the tunnels that you would, you know, drive through between Brooklyn and Manhattan or Manhattan and New Jersey if you're in this area and you know what I'm talking about. So they're not as big as that, obviously, because you can't run a car through it, but you can drive a motorcycle through it. So these are these huge tunnels, and um, Israel destroyed many, many, many of them during uh, Tzok Eitan, Protective Edge. But Israel also knows that Hamas has not given up, and they keep digging the tunnels. So what does Israel do? You know, it's very typical... I'm not judging, I'm just telling you the facts. Um, if there's uh, people shooting missiles, so we'll build something to shoot down the missiles. 
We're not going to get to the source of the missiles. We're not going to shut it down. No. We will build something to shoot down the missiles. They're building tunnels. Again, we're not getting to the source of the tunnel builders. No. We'll find a way to detect the tunnels and blow them up. That's what happens. And by the way, that's what happens in America, too. Look what happened in Manhattan last week. Somebody, uh, a, a radical Muslim drove his car onto the bicycle lane on the uh, West Side Highway, an area where I pass frequently, and killed eight people who were riding their bicycle. So is the United States going to start profiling? Is the United States going to start tracking radical Islamic groups, people? No, they put up cement barriers <laughs> along the bicycle path, as if there's no other bicycle path that they... I mean, it sometimes makes me crazy. And by the way, as a, as a open parenthesis, the mosque that he attended was well known as a radical Islamic mosque where the imam would radicalize people. It was on the on the scope of the of the New York Police Department that had a special anti-terror unit that dealt specifically with the Muslim community and uh, Mayor de Blasio shut it down. It doesn't get too much play in the media, but yeah, let's remember that before this election. Not that there's any chance of anything else happening anyway. Close parentheses. So Israel, it seems, they're very obviously uh, not, not talking about this very much, but it seems that Israel has come up with a technology which allows them to figure out that that there is a tunnel that is being dug underground at a certain place and to pinpoint where that place is without having to dig and bring in bulldozers and so forth. Um, Not shocking in the high-tech world that Israel lives in, um, that Israel is. But, um, But yes, so now they've seems to have seem to have discovered this this way of calculating where the tunnel is they bombed the tunnel the hamas people that were inside those digging those doing work whatever were shocked they didn't know what was happening they thought maybe there was a problem the tunnel was collapsing and some big hamas leaders some real top-notch leaders of the Hamas, ran into the tunnel to try and see what was going on and what they could do, not realizing that this was an Israeli attack on their tunnel, and they were killed. And Israel, and this was in Israel's territory, so Israel now has the bodies of five Hamas leaders. And so the Aron family and the Golden family, the two families who have children whose bodies are in the hands of the Hamas and are trying to get their bodies back to be buried properly are pressuring Israel and have been pressuring for quite a while to get the bodies back. Now it's not the same as having a live person on the other end. But they're saying, well, we have five bodies, they have two bodies, let's, let's offer them an exchange. Sounds reasonable. But the truth is, it ain't happening. And I'll tell you why. Hamas does not care about the bodies of their soldiers and of their commanders, of their generals. It's a body. We have a totally 
different world outlook, a totally different viewpoint of the world. We are coming to the Middle East, we've come to the Middle East, with a Jewish sensibility in an Islamic surrounding. And that's where we often fail to understand what's happening. And so, would I love to see the golden... Yes, the bodies of, of Hadar Golden and, and Shaul Aron come back. Yes. Are there things that Israel can do? You know what? Yes, there are. And the Golden family has asked for that. They said, we don't want to exchange live uh, uh, um, Hamas terrorists for the bodies of our children. But there are other things you can do. You can cut down on the electric supply. You can cut down on other things. And by the way, they have, for other reasons, done that. And you don't see that the Hamas is caving. They're in for the long run. And they don't care about their citizens. And they don't care about the people that live there so much that they'll say, okay, we'll give in, because they don't want to look weak. And that's another thing about the Middle East. It really is important how you look. If you look weak, even though it may be from strength that you're doing something, but if it looks weak to the other side, you've become vulnerable, because the other side sees you as incapable of handling the challenge. And so they're going to stick up for this, and uh, I don't see that this is going to happen. I hope it does, but I really think that we should lower our expectations and um, and realize that we are dealing with a whole different society and a whole different animal, a whole different religious outlook that does not see the kavod hamet, kavod hamet, the honor that we in the Jewish religion give to uh, the body of the dead person, they don't see it in the same way. Coming up after this uh, musical interlude, we're going to tell you about Israel's reality show called MasterChef. Now the MasterChef here in America and it originated in England and like everything else, it was imported into Israel. But in Israel, it goes from being a benign entertainment venue, it could go to being something a lot more contentious than that. Yes. I was astounded at this clip that I'm going to share with you as a new contestant was introduced to the Israeli master chef on Arutz Shtayim. And um, I think it's an insight into the mindset of... um, Israel's left. Radical left, I should say. Okay, that's coming up very soon. Right now we're going to Yochai ben Avi, Chita Mishugat, or Kol HaMedina Mishugat. I don't remember if we played this last week or not, but we'll play it now. Chita Mishugat, Kol HaMedina Mishugat. It's based on a parable by uh, Nachman of Breslov. And I'm not going to tell the whole story here, but we'll post a link to it, to the song and the words on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and we are on the Nachum Siegel Network. Amar 
עכשיו שעוד שבוע שבועיים יוצא מהכלל מהשיר הדומלל ממלך עד שואב מים כל מי שיאכל לגן שגדל בשדות המלכות השנה יקרה לו דבר חריג ומוזר יהפוך משוגע בבינה יוחאי בן אבי, חיטה משגעת, או כל המדינה משוגעת. The whole country is crazy. <laughs> Don't you often feel like that? Okay, so, the idea of this segment, that it'll take some time, is to try and understand the mindset of Israel's left, I'll say radical left, because the only left that's left, I think, is the radical left. At this point after Oslo and so forth and the lack of any respect that they have for people on the right for religious people for Haredi people one example this is a quick example that I want to share with you it comes from Galitzaha Razi Barkai who's rather well known to be on the political left has a daily show on Galitzahal and he's interviewing the The Minister of Health, Minister uh, Litzman from the Aguda. And at some point in this conversation, the, uh, the poem, Magasha Kesef, comes up. Now, Magasha Kesef is um, a, a poem that was written by Natan Alterman back in the days of the founding of the State of Israel, which he spoke about how he speaks in this poem about how the state 
was basically given to us on a silver platter, but the silver platter are all the soldiers that gave their lives for the founding of the state. Um, in Israel, it is a very well-known poem, and most people of culture, I guess you would say, would know it. Would the average guy in the street know it? I'm sure not. So Razi Barkai mentions it, and then he says to um, Minister Litzman, you don't, you don't know Magasha Kefsef? He says, no, I never heard of it. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And he starts quoting it, you know, spouting off with, with, again, I think, with tremendous derision uh, to to Litzman from the Aguda, a Haredi, who, how could you not know this? This is like so, such such a founding uh, piece of of, um, poetry for, for the state of Israel. And then Litzman very well. He answers him very well. So we'll, we'll, we'll play you that and we'll break it and then we'll tell you what Litzman says. והארץ תשקוט, אין שמיים עודמת, תעמעם לי איתה על גבולות השנים, ואומת תעמוד קרועת לבח נושמת לקבל את הנס האחד השני. הנס אגב, מר ליצמן, זה 1948, הקמת המדינה. So, what's going on? You don't know it? How could you not know it? And, and here, listen to me, I'm going to quote it. Boom, boom, boom. How could it be? How do you not know it? And... Litzman just answers him so well. He says, Do you know the poems, the Mizmorim of Tehillim? You're so derisive of my not knowing a modern poem that's part of the Zionist ethos. How about Tehillim? That's at, at, at one of the basics of the Jewish ethos, which is why we're here in the first place. He doesn't say it in so many words, but he 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 tries him. And and Razi Barkey, who can't say, no, I don't, says, well, not by heart. Well, what are we talking about? Of course we're talking about by heart. You just quoted by heart. Not by heart. And then he, then I think he catches himself a little bit and he says, well, why don't you quote something to us from the Tehillim, and Litzman picked something. I think he could have picked a better one, but I guess on the spur of the moment, that's what he does. Listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So he says, do you know, if there, there's 150 about Ms. Marim of Tehillim. Do you know even one of them? Not by heart. <laughs> He says, and yet, and he, he doubles back, Razi Barka. He says, yeah, but I'm still shocked that you don't know Magasha Kefsef. So, so Litzman, I mean, if I were Razi Barka, I'd shut up because he, he, he showed me up. Right? Because I can't. I, as a cultural 
icon in Israel can't even quote one Mizmor in Tehillim. He probably can, he just doesn't realize it's from Tehillim. And Litzman says, and so he doubles back and he says, how could you, I'm still shocked that you don't know. And Litzman says, what are you talking about? I'm telling, I'm talking to you about Shirim, Shira, poetry of thousands of years ago. That's part of our culture and you don't know any of it. Okay, that's the way it ends. Well, um, within the last few weeks, the seventh, the seventh uh, uh, season of the Israeli version of Master Chef. It's a program, a reality show, like so many of the reality shows. I, I admit I've never seen it. Um, where there are um, some big-named chefs who are judges, and then people who would like to be recognized as chefs but are not big-named chefs, probably do a good job of preparing food, they prepare different dishes, and they're judged, and ultimately one of them is, is at the end of the season crowned a master chef. It's, there's all kinds of different programs like this. Uh, you have uh, Dancing with the Stars where they do dances and, and modeling for fashion models and uh, uh, American Idol for singing, you know, all these things. It's the same concept, basically. Israel loves food. I got to tell you, Israelis love food. There's no question about it. So master chef is an obviously perfect... Uh, um, program for for Israel. So in this season, they welcome, and, and basically they welcome each one the first time. They, they decide, based on this initial conversation and tasting of something that they've prepared, whether they will continue on as a contestant or not. And in uh, this episode, within the last few weeks, there is a contestant by the name of, by the name of Yehoyada Nizri. Yehoyada Nizri is um, one of the people that lived in the town of Amona. We've spoken much about the town of Amona, which was destroyed by the Israeli government based on a court ruling, an Israeli court ruling that said that the entire town had to be destroyed because there were some small amounts of land in the Yeshuv that nobody actually claimed and nobody actually knew where it was, but it was clearly land that might have belonged, well, I shouldn't say clearly might have belonged, but uh, probably belonged to an Arab, Palestinian Arab. And so the court, which is very machmir on these issues in Israel, decided to destroy the town. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, that's what happened. We spoke about it. People's homes, they lived in their homes for decades, were destroyed. And where are they living now? They're living now, believe it or not, in a dormitory in Efrat. So they went from living in a home, beautiful homes that they've built, to living in a dorm temporarily, but who knows how temporary temporarily is going to be until the government of Israel decides to give them some area property where they can build their new yeshuv on. Of course, that's going to take forever. Okay, that's the setup. So Yehoyada Nizri comes out with this... Uh, he looks like someone from living in Yehuda Vashamron. He's the almost stereotypical. He has this big supol kippah, like they call it, knitted kippah, small trim beard, um, 
and he comes out, and they have, um, you know, they ask him all the different uh, questions. The panelists, the, the chefs, in this case, the ones that we're interested in, one is called Eyal Shani. He does most of the talking in the clips that we're going to see, we're going to hear. And the other is Michal Ansky, who is for those who might be familiar with Alex Ansky in Israel, himself a radio personality, she's his daughter. Okay, so here he is. He comes out. He's, he has this wagon with his uh, food set up. And as usual, they'll ask him some questions. What would you expect the first question to be? Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? Okay, here is how a Yalshani greets Yehuda Nizri. Hello? Excuse me? Are you serious? So he answers him, It's not nice? He says, no, it's beautiful, that's why I'm asking you. Oh, baloney. He was shocked by that kippah. And it, he was taken aback, and then he had to recover. That's the way I see it. Uh, uh, again, maybe I'm wrong, but wait. And then he says that my wife, my wife knit the kippah, and then they say to him, what's your name? I mean, could there be something more benign, more simple than my name is Yehoyeda Nizri? Like, what could, what could you find objectionable about that? Listen. Yehoyeda. Yehoyeda. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a Yal Shani. It's like, Yehoyeda. Like, what kind of name is that? <laughs> What's so wrong with Yehoyeda? He's never heard a name like that. He's never met somebody like that. He probably lives in a Tel Aviv area bubble. And he doesn't understand. He doesn't know people that wear that kind of kippah and call themselves Yehoyada. Let's go on. Where do you live? Oh, you lived in Amona. So, Michalansky says, "Oh, atem you're those that were evicted. And then Eyal Shani says, Atamit Nachel, which in their language is a terribly derogatory word. You're a mitnachel. You're in Yehudan Shamron, he's thinking to himself. You're 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 colonizing somebody else's property. No, I'm not reading into this. This is the way he thinks. Listen. They're going to ask him now, where do you live now? We live in, in, a, in, a, um, in a dormitory in Ofra until we'll get land in order to build back our Yishuv back. To which Ayal Shani says, Gamzoit Nachlut. The new place is also going to be a hitnachlut. Like, how dare you? I, I, I wonder if at any point the producers catch 
and say to him, hey, mister, calm down. But he answers, he, he doesn't get flustered. This Yehoyadah Nizri, who had uh, had been in pu- a public spokes, one of the public spokespeople for Amona before the uh, before the expulsion, he he doesn't get upset. He doesn't get angry. Clearly, the guy's baiting him. He keeps his composure and he just answers him very matter of fact. <laughs> Eyal Shani said to him, Oh, Gam Zoit Nachalot. So he says, Gam Gam Hu Baadmat Avotenu. You call it Hit Nachlut, I'll call it on the land of our forefathers. <laughs> listen to this question that Ayal Shani listen to this question that Ayal Shani asks Yehoyada Nizri on a cooking show. <laughs> Don't you want to come back to Israel? The guy lives in Yehudan Shomron, and this fellow says to him, don't you want to come back to Israel? As if Yehudan Shomron has nothing to do with Israel. It's like he would be living in Switzerland. To which he answers him, what could be more Yisrael than Yehudan Shomron? says you have to come visit. And it doesn't end. It doesn't end. I have to tell you that the entire family of Yehoyadah Nizri is there. They have eight kids. He mentions that earlier. We edited that part. He has eight kids. His wife, you know, with a big head covering. And all the kids, some of them with big peyot, like you see many of the kids in Yehudan Shemron with a big kippah, some, some this way, some that way. But the whole family is there. And so they're hearing this, and now he has the chutzpah to say, you know, you're, you're building your home on something that's very fragile. Do you think that you would consider yourself a responsible father? You're responsible for eight kids. Listen. It's to me that is one of the most disgusting things that a person could say. How much more derisive and degradating and demeaning can you be? This is a father of eight. I don't know how many children Eyal Shani has. I bet you it's not eight. One of his kids, he had mentioned, is married and is expecting already. He's brought up beautiful children and a beautiful family that are there. And he has the chutzpah to say to him, do you think that you're a responsible father? That you're building a house for them that may be uprooted? As if... The contestant, Yehoyada Nizri, is like, is stupid. You know, I, I want to sometimes ask Eyal Shani a question like, well, are you a responsible, if he's a father, I don't know, but are you a responsible father? Why don't you move to America? Why don't you move to Europe? Here, your kids are under the threat of Iran, of, of Hamas, of Hezbollah. 
What kind of responsible father are you? But he, he answers him well. He answers him well. He says there are 400,000 Jews in Yehudan Sharon. There's no way, there's no way that anyone is going gonna, is gonna to throw them out. It's not happening. Maybe uh, Yeshuv, maybe two, whatever. Let's go on. So, uh, he says to him, uh, you lived in a caravan? Because a lot of the Hitnachluyot originally were set up in small caravans, and then ultimately they built homes. So that's a stereotype, typical stereotype of someone who lives in Yudan Shem. He lived in a caravan, and he says, no. I lived in a house, a nice house. And Michalinsky says to him, did you have a big kitchen? He says, yes. I had a really nice, beautiful kitchen. What do you have now? He says, now I, now I have nothing. I'm living in a dorm. There's a sink where we brush our teeth. So they ask him, why did you come to Master Chef? And he said, I, I, I used to go to Miluim all the time. Now my Miluim is over. So I don't get to meet Amcha Yisrael. I live in my area where we, we are in our bubble, so to speak. I don't get to meet the rest of the people. I'm coming here because there's a beauty to interacting with the rest of Am Yisrael. So he asks him, well, maybe you don't really feel a part of the Medina, right? After all this, Yehoyada finally says, even though he's taking it well, he doesn't get angry, he never gets upset, keeps a very cool composure. Here's what he says. I, I, I'm pausing because I think it's important for us to, to somehow comprehend what he's saying. Let it sink in. What does he say? After all these crazy questions attacking him, he says, I was thrown out of my house. You know, when the police came in and dragged me out, I felt like I was being defiled. Shechililuoti. They came into my home, my home, my castle, my my place, my family's residence, and they threw me out. As if to say, don't you get it?
what troubles me, and we'll get to the end of it, at the end it turns a little bit, but not once do any of these expert chefs say, I, I'm sorry for your family that they went through such a difficult period. I feel bad for you. All the left who supposedly feel so bad, that's their raison d'etre, right? They feel bad for human beings that aren't being given their rights. They feel bad for the Arab, even though there isn't one, who might have owned a, 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 a meter in the Yeshuv of Amona. But nobody of this panel of this all-star panel feels compassion when somebody looks them in the eye and I think starts almost breaking and crying, but he didn't, and saying, hey, listen, they threw me out of my house. It shocks me. It just shocks me. It's never said. He never says it. But it's, to me, so obvious. Your fellow Jew, you made fun of his kippah, you made fun of his name. You called him pejorative mitnachel. You asked him, in the most disgusting way, do you think that you're a responsible father? A person who's brought up a family of eight and has one married child already. And he just took it and smiled and didn't didn't attack. And I think by doing that he he captured the hearts of, of the uh of the audience. And at some point, with sadness he says, I was thrown out of my house and nobody of those judges thinks to say we're, we feel bad for you. We're sorry that that had to happen. Whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, you can still be sorry that that had to happen. Well, <laughs> Michal Ansky at that point says, there's more, but at, the, at, at one point when the politics really get too much, she says, oh, look at those halot. They look terrific. She changes the subject and now they get to the food. Finally! After eight minutes, they get to the food. And what he brought, well, everyone has to bring a different kind of dish or whatever. He brought Friday night in their house. What Friday night in the house? He brought wine that he makes in his own little um, yekev, in his own, uh, uh, in, in, in his own winery. He brought halot that he bakes and some other things. And they come over to the table and Michal Ansky, who is not religious, but I guess in his honor, somebody finally understood that he has honor too, said, I'm going to make the bracha, and she makes the bracha. And then they taste it, it's delicious, and uh, here's what that sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, 
So they're now getting into it. No matter how distant, no matter how far they are from this guy, this quote-unquote mitnachel with the big yarmulke, at the end of the day, there is the common roots, the Shalom Aleichem, the Borei Prihagafen, a Friday night. Whether they had it in their house as kids or they maybe do it now ceremonially, there is that uniting force in Israel where even secular Jews who, who it might be said, hate people like Yehoyada and Israel, but there is a common thread between them. And they can sing Shalom Aleichem together and listen to what Michal Ansky says. They, they call the family out, all the kids are there. And then she says this. She says, you know, I am very far from your father. She says to the kids, I'm very far from your father in my political thoughts, my political ideas. I'm very far geographically from where you live. Meaning, as far as I'm concerned, you're in another country. But the food and joining you and seeing your Arab Shabbat, so to speak, makes me feel very, very close to you. And then she says that he's accepted as a contestant. We want you to, we want him to be, um, to stay with us, so not to come home for a while and be a contestant on the Master Chef. That's and the family applause. And then um, this short clip, you hear them all say the the judges saying Baruch Haba, Baruch Haba, you know, welcome to the uh, to the show. And in the background, um, the producers put a Yishai Rebo song, Miksha Chatzahav. So uh, as we end that, we'll go into the Miksha Chatzahav song that uh, they played. I'll tell you that after this, there was an article. In uh, in Haaretz about uh, two weeks ago, by a very radical leftist by the name of Ariana Melamed, and as upset as I am about how they treated him, that's how upset she is that they even allowed this cultural colonialism—that's what she calls it—of bringing a mitnachel. To master chef, and not accusing him of being the enemy, so to speak. How how disgusting it was that she said that she's close to him because of the erev Shabbat meal that he brought. If there was derision and anger, and I would even say some hatred from the panel. Haaretz, leave it to Haaretz, they're consistent. Just goes a step further, and Ariana Malamed, leave it to her. In, in twisting everything around from a whole different point of view. Oh my God, they allowed this mitnachel to come on, Master Chef, and at the end he comes out looking good. 
disgusting. So here's the end of the uh, the last uh, few seconds of the uh, part that they thank him and then uh, they welcome him and then uh, we'll hear Mikshah Hatzahav by Yishai Ribo. My name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Bait <laughs> Yishai Ribo off of the album Pachat Givahim, that was Miksha Achat Zahav. We'll end off with um, a Kalbach song. So we started with one and we'll end off with one. This is a cover done by uh, Karni Eldad, Israeli singer and a, write, a writer, meaning she's a journalist. She's, uh, she's uh, a columnist that, that writes often 
on political uh, issues as well. She is the uh, granddaughter of Yisrael Eldad from the uh, one of the commanders of the Lechi. Her father was a Chaver uh, Knesset and is also very active in politics. But she does a beautiful job of covering some of Rup Shlomo's um, songs, and this one is Simcha La'artzecha. Before we do that, we say thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments, and thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, stay tuned if you're into sports, stay tuned. Yoni Pollock, with After Further Review, a show covering the latest in the world of sports. And then, the great Monday Music Marathon, continuous great Jewish music that you don't want to miss. You have it in the background, have it going in the background, and have it brighten up your day. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie and the Aim, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you the nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Sasso, lei recha, 